Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. hesitancy, right? And you know why? Because I think, I think in some ways, I think in some ways the church is a little burnt out. I think the church is tired. I think people are tired in general, right? Because we've had this pandemic we've been dealing with, and we never really got over that, did we? A lot of that still kind of is with us. Like Jenny and I were walking into the store yesterday, and there was a person on who uh, felt, uh, and, and I'm not judging them, I'm just telling you the story of what happened. They had a mask on. Again, if you wear a mask, it's up to you. But they had a mask on, and as soon as we walked in the store, they immediately, they made a big scene out of it. They backed up, and they wouldn't come near us. And, and you know, there's just, there's still that trauma that people have gone through since everything has happened, right? And, and so when we talk about things getting better, because we went through all that time of frustration and, and all that time of loneliness, right? And remember being locked up, and and I uh, said locked up. I mean, we were locked down, but we felt like it was being locked up, right? When when uh, you wanted to kill your family because they wouldn't get out of your way, and they would sit in your favorite chair or something, and and uh, you told the kids to go outside, but mom, it's negative five. I don't care. Go outside, right? And so we're still kind of carrying that that uh, that. Uh, you know, I don't want to use that word trauma loosely, but it did traumatize some people. And we see the effects of that right now in the way people that are acting and the way that they're doing. And so when I talk about things getting better, it's kind of hard to believe that, isn't it? It's kind of hard to believe that things are going to be better. And I want to tell you right now that things will get better, but they will also get worse. Things will get better. But they're also going to be troubling. This nation is going to go through a troubling year. Some things are going to happen. I don't know exactly what they are. But if you are a believer, if you believe in Christ, if you believe that he is coming again, our hope draws nigh, brothers and sisters. Our hope draws nigh. Amen? See, I'm a little weird. When, when people talk about our country going down the drain and, and things happening and things getting upset, I say, praise God. You know why? Because that tells me the Lord is coming back. Amen? That tells me God is coming back. That tells me the Lord is look. God's about ready to look over to his son and say, hey, go get him. All right? Now I'm looking forward to that moment. And you can get down if you want to, but I look forward to what God is going to do this year. Amen? I look forward to blessing. I look forward to great blessing in God. I look forward to financial blessing. Amen? I look forward to spiritual blessing. I look forward to people coming into this church who are addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs, addicted to things they don't need to be addicted to, coming walking through that door and be delivered in the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe your sons and your daughters walking through that door. Amen. I believe your children and your grandchildren walking through Hallelujah. I believe your children and your grandchildren walking through that door, falling at the altar and say, so help me, God. Deliver me from this. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you again. I believe God's going to do some great things in 2023. Amen. I believe God's going to move. Amen. I believe God's going to do something. Amen. But see, if you're not, if you're not careful, you look at what's surrounding you which is the enemy. And I, see, I didn't tell Julie to do these songs. I never tell her what to do. Right? Well, well, she's 19, so I don't get to tell her what to do anymore. <laughs> but I don't tell her what songs to do, but that song spoke to me. Because it may seem like I'm surrounded. Oh, praise God. It may seem like I'm surrounded. 
but I'm surrounded by him. Amen? It may seem like the enemy's winning. Amen? You may look at your situation right now and say, Pastor, there is no hope. And I'm telling you today, there is a hope, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? We need to trust in that. Amen? We need to rise up as a church and come in and give God glory this morning and realize that, first of all, he is worthy of all glory. Amen? I shouldn't have to coax you to worship God. You should walk into the house of God ready to give him praise. Amen? Because it starts right here. Amen? It starts in our heart, a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness. Amen? Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God 10,000 times. Quit looking at things that are around you. Quit looking who's here and who's not here. Quit looking at the trouble that you you have in life. And instead, look to a loving God who's about to bring you not only through it, but over it, around it, under it, whatever it takes to get you to the next level. Amen? Amen. Listen, God wants to do something in your life this year. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I really want you to hear me. God wants to do something in your life this year. But, ready? It's up to you. Did you know that? Some, some people think that God forces his way into our life and does things. If you read through scripture, that's not how it does. God never did that. God spoke the word and there was creation, but God never forced himself in anybody's life. It took people, men and women of God, who received him and were ready to be touched by him. Come on now. It took men and women of God who were ready to receive him and be touched by him. You see, I'm going to share with you right now, we already know that we need God. I'm going to tell you how I know that. Every year we make resolutions, don't we? Anybody broken their resolution yet? (laughs) I said I was going to lose 10 pounds. I've gained 10 pounds. (laughs) All right, so whoever said they were going to lose 10 pounds, I found it, okay? I found it. I said there was going to be certain things I'd done, and I've already broken them, and it's not even... 11.43 on Sunday morning, the first day. But why do we do resolutions? It's because we know that there's things about us that need to change, right? we, we We know that there's things about us that we don't like. We know there's things about us that we want to be made better on, that we want to improve, amen? The number one thing that happens, or the number one resolution is is losing weight. After that is smoking, after that is drinking, and, and people try to tell me, well, pastor, it's okay if I smoke or I drink. But listen, because the, the, they say the Bible doesn't talk against it. And, and I want to share with you right now, the Bible can't address every sin. It wasn't meant to do that. It was meant to address our relationship with God. If it was addressing every sin, there would be no room for the love and the grace of God. Amen? But we know in our bodies, we know in ourselves, there are things that we ought not do. Amen? Alcohol destroys homes. Amen? I'm going to say that again because I wanted to be clear with you, okay? Listen, alcohol destroys homes. Amen? And if I have something that's going to destroy my home, I don't need it in my home. Amen? Smoking causes cancer. Amen? I mean, I could go down the list of all these things and things that we want to change about ourselves. But in the end, we find ourselves coming up short even though we try, don't we? Even though we try, we want so bad to get past these things, and we wonder, we wonder why we're not past them. And I'm going to share with you some things today that will help you overcome those things in your life that you want to overcome. Amen? How many have things in their life that they want to overcome? I'm not going to ask you what they are. Everybody should be raising their hand. Amen? We all have something we want to overcome. Amen. We all have something we recognize that is not of God. And I'm going to tell you that God wants to move in your life and God wants to have revival. But revival can't come as long as we have sin in our lives. That's a hard statement, isn't it? I'm not talking about people who are trying to overcome. 
God gives special grace for that. But there are people who know they shouldn't do something, and they do it anyway. You know what that's called? It's called sin. Come on now. See, my job is to call it like it is, amen? I mean, sometimes that makes people mad at me. But God gave me a message for you this morning. God wants to bring revival to your life. He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to bless you. But you got to quit doing some of the things that you're doing, okay? I'm not holding you back. Nobody's holding you back. You're holding yourself back by your refusal to submit yourself to God. Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. Nobody's holding you back. Nobody's keeping you from God. But we hold ourselves back by your refusal to do the very thing that God told you not to do. Amen? God cannot bless disobedience. Getting a little deep this morning. Come on, this is not your usual January 1st message. But I'm telling you, if you want to walk in victory, then you got to quit playing with the enemy. Amen? you got to quit holding hands with the enemy. If you want God to defeat the enemy, you got to quit having fun with the enemy. you got to divorce the enemy. Some of us are so close to the enemy, we can't tell the difference between God and the enemy. Amen? But I'm telling you, it's time to separate yourselves. God is looking for a holy church. God is looking for a spiritual church. God is looking for a clean church. God is looking for a church that says, no, I don't want that sin. Amen? I want to be clean and holy. Now, being clean and holy is a process sometimes. He doesn't work in all people the same way. I know people that have been delivered from cigarettes or, or whatever it may be the first day, like cold turkey. And I know people that has taken years and they've prayed and fasted. I'm not talking about that. But among us, there are people who choose to sin, who choose to do the wrong thing, and they wonder why God doesn't bless them. God doesn't bless you because you refuse to submit to him. Amen? God doesn't bless you because you're unwilling to live a righteous life in front of him. If, now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I want you to hear me on this. If you would just listen to what I say this morning, I'm not here to make you feel bad. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm not here to make you feel bad because I want you to be victorious this year. I want you to walk in. I want you to get up like Will did just now and say, Pastor, I know we have a service, but let me give you my testimony. i got to share my testimony with you. i got to share my testimony i got to share my testimony. The devil tried to kill me, but he failed because God wanted me alive. Let me share my testimony with you. The devil tried to take me out, but I'm alive right now. Praise God. Praise God. We wonder why there's not healing in the church today because the church is not sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, when we do that, God's going to begin healing him and practices. He's going to do things. He's going to perform signs and wonders. Am I the only one that wants to see some signs and wonders? Does that scare you? Does that scare you, your children being delivered? It actually scares some people. You know that? People don't like that. People say, wait a minute, Pastor, we're getting too spiritual. Oh, no, we can never get too spiritual. Well, Pastor, I don't want to be called a fanatic. Last night, my wife and I watched a game on TV. It's too bad PJ's not here. We watched Georgia come back in stunning fashion and beat Ohio State. It's incredible, incredible game. And the funniest thing is it was at midnight that they won the game. And people were so engrossed in the game, they didn't even know what time it was. <laughs> at church, man, 12.05, people were doing this. Come on, Pastor, get to your point. <laughs> I'm going later today. <laughs> and so... People, and so they won in dramatic fashion, and at the last second, Ohio State, man, I wish P.J. was here. Ohio State kicked the field goal, and they missed it. Somebody call him today and repeat this to him, amen. They missed the field goal, and you know what people did when they missed the, the people from Georgia? You know what they did? This is what they did. They went, that is awesome. That was really cool. Did you see that? I saw that. That was really cool. Happy New Year, by the way. And the team, I watched the team. They were like, 
<sighs> it's late. I need to go to bed. No, you know what they did? They were screaming and yelling, and the quarterback started crying, and everybody started crying, and it was emotional. And man, we get to church, and it's like, like what I was talking about earlier. We get excited over the wrong things, don't we? It is time to get excited for God. Amen. It is time to get excited for what he's about to do in your life today, in my life today, in this church today. Amen. But anytime there's a move of God in Scripture, the first thing that happens is people have to consecrate themselves. Consecrate means to make holy. Brothers and sisters, we need to consecrate ourselves for what God's about to do. We need to make things right with God. Come on now. This is going to be that kind of service. We need to, listen to me, we need to make things right with God. I'm, I'm going to say that again because I want you to hear me, okay? Your blessing this year is not dependent on me. I'm not responsible for your, the only thing that I'm responsible for is to deliver you the word of God. That's my only job. And to love you and to take your phone calls. Right? Your job is to get things right with God. That's your job. Amen? Let's talk about it for a second. Leviticus 19, 1 through 2. I want you to hear me when I say this. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the, all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy. So, are we clear this is a commandment from God? God's telling us to be, oh, pastor, you're just, you're just speaking in the Old Testament. That doesn't apply to us. Whoever's propagating that lie needs to stop. The Old Testament applies to us just like it does the New Testament, okay? God gave us the Old Testament to testify of Jesus who fulfilled the Old Testament law, amen? I'm not saying we go back and do the same law. God has freed, freed us from that through the cross and crucifixion and resurrection, but we are still under his direction and under his, I mean, under his well, I'm trying to think of the right word to say, and I can't think of it, but you guys know what I mean, amen? And so God says, be holy, and he actually repeats this, in, I believe it's in Second Peter. And he says, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Amen. He commands us to be holy. This is what he said to the Israelites. He says, I want you to stay away from the Canaanites. This is what he said to them when they were going through the desert. I want you to stay away from these guys. And so I, I get up here sometimes on Sunday morning, and I said, hey, guys, Stay away from this. Stay away from this. And there's a reason why I do that. And God said, stay away from the Canaanites because the Canaanites were an evil people. They, they did horrible things. They practiced witchcraft. They, they had sexual immorality. They would sacrifice their children in the fire. They would do whatever they could to worship other gods. And they would, they would do these horrible things. And the sin was so great that God removed them through Canaan, through Israel. And God says, I want you to, I want you to stay away from them. I don't, I don't want you to even be near them. I don't even want you to be married to them. He says this in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 3 through 4. He says, nor shall you make marriages with them. You should not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. And so the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. A lot of people have used this scripture to say that God doesn't approve of interracial marriage. And that's, that's not what that's about. God said, don't be joined together with someone that doesn't serve me. Young people, when you get married, don't look for a man or a woman who looks good. Look for a man or a woman who loves God with all their heart. Now, see, my wife got it both ways. She's blessed, hashtag blessed. <laughs> she looks at me and she says, oh my, 
Or maybe she's going, oh my, I don't know. Anyway. But don't look for someone who's pleasing to the eye. Look for someone who's pleasing to the Lord. Amen. Look for someone who's pleasing to the Lord. Amen. And for those of you who are older and are not married, look for someone who's pleasing to the Lord. It is better for you not to be married than to marry someone who's going to bring you down. Amen. Praise God. But God gave him this message. He goes, I don't want you to do this. And then in Numbers 25, we find out something happened. You guys remember the story of Balaam? Balaam tried to put a curse on the Israelites. I don't have time to go into that. And none of the curses worked. And I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, the enemy has been trying to put curses on you to bring you down. And the Lord sends his angels and rebukes every one of them. You have no idea what God has kept you from. Amen? You have no idea what God has kept you from this past year. Amen. God has rebuked the curses that have been placed over your life. And some of you say, well, I have, I have generational curses. You know what? We need to get away from that statement because it's only true if you allow it to be true. Amen. Somebody needs to break some curses in their family. Somebody needs to break some curses in their life. And we're going to talk about that today. Amen. But Balaam realized he couldn't put curses on the Israelites. And so what he did is he convinced the king of Moab, we read about this in Revelation 2, 14, when Jesus was talking about it, he convinced them to send sexual sin to the Israelites, to tempt them to sin. And sure enough, it worked. They fell for it. In Numbers chapter 25, verses 6 through 9, there was a plague coming. The church was infected. Excuse me, not the church. The Israelites were infected. People were dying because of the sin that was happening. Brothers and sisters, let me, let me share this with you. When you sin, when you allow sin into your life, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody around you. Can I, can I say that one more time? Because I don't know if you're with me or not. When you sin, it affects everybody around you. It affects everybody around you, amen? It has a grip, and it causes death, and it causes destruction, and the enemy gets a, a foothold in your life. And he says, indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacles of meeting. See, I feel like there's people in the church today. I feel like there's some of you who are weeping for the sin of our city, who are weeping for the sin that may be in our church from people, who are weeping for a lost generation who can't seem to get it right. Amen. We're weeping. But this person blatantly showed up and presented this sin and say, I'm going to do this whether you like it or not because I'm going to do what feels right to me. Isn't that a word that you hear a lot today? I'm going to do what feels right to me. Yeah, they don't realize the pain that they bring. Now, when Phinehas, oh man, I got to tell you, we need some Phinehases in the church today. You'll realize what I mean when I say this. When the Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, so he got this righteous indignation. He saw it, and he rose from among the congregation, and he took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the women through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. Now, I know that sounds a little harsh, and I'm not asking anybody to bring a javelin and stab somebody. Some of you are disappointed, I can tell. I'm not asking you to do that. But man, we need some Phinehas, people who are passionate for the Word of God and are willing to say, no, this is sin, amen? This is sin. We cannot allow this in the house of God. I'm not talking about, now listen, we've had a lot of this. I'm not talking about accusatory, amen? I'm not talking about judging somebody. I'm talking about going up, putting your arm around somebody and saying, hey, that's not the way we do things in this church, amen? That's not the way Christians do things. This is how how we act. This is what we do. We walk according to the scripture. We walk and we show them love while we do it. Amen. See, the Bible said, this last verse, 
And those who died in the plague were 24,000. All right, can I be a little real with you here? You ready? How many people have left the church never to come back because of sin in the church? Because we're not addressing it. That kind of hurt a little bit, didn't it? But it's true, right? How many people have left the church because of the sin they see in the church? Should we not be the example? I, I'm not talking about working through things like you're trying to overcome it. I'm talking about blatant sin in the church. I've been in churches before where people were having affairs and it was not talked about because they were good tithe payers. Listen, I don't care how much money you give. If you're not living right for God, you need to do one of two things. You need to then make it right, amen, or maybe it's talk about we need to find you a new church, one that accepts that, okay, because we're not going to accept it here. We're going to love you. We're going to love you, and I'm not kicking you out, amen, but you can't live a life of unholiness in a holy house of God, amen. It's time that we step up and realize that you are called to be holy. You're called to be holy. 24,000 people died because of this sin. How many people are sitting at home this morning not willing to go to church because of what they remember church did to them? And you know, I, to, in some extent, I can't blame them. Man, we need to be the church that loves people, amen? We need to be the church that welcomes people and embraces them, amen? And when they sin and they mess up, we grab them by the hand and say, it's okay, now make it right. Listen, I'm not telling you can't come to church here. I'm just saying make it right, amen? Make it right. If you offend me, make it right. If I offend you, make it right. But we have offended God. Now make it right. Make it right, amen? But it's hard. You know why? Because sometimes that sin gets so deep within us because we've allowed it. See, years later, the Israelites went into captivity because, well, they started worshiping other gods. They actually literally set up other gods in the temple. Wouldn't it be weird if I set up a satanic idol right here and said, okay, I want you guys to ignore this and we're going to have church. Wouldn't that be crazy? But that's exactly what they did in the temple. They set up all these idols to other gods in the temple. And eventually God says, I can't deal with you guys. You're going to have to go to exile. And they were in captivity for over 70 years. And they came back. And the Bible talks about Ezra. Ezra was a great man of God. He was a, he was a, a scribe and a priest. And he had a holy passion for God. And brothers and sisters, that, that's what we need in the church today. We need a holy passion for God. We need a holy passion to do things the right way. Quit trying to skirt around the rules and pretend like God doesn't notice. I can assure you, he knows everything, okay? And I would rather you get it right now than have to face God on judgment day and try to explain to him why you didn't get it right. See, now we can change it. Now we can fix it. Did you know that? Because God's a loving and a gracious God. So Ezra realizes, man, I want to get the, I want to get the temple going again because they had destroyed the temple. I want to reinstitute worship. So I kind of feel like that's where the church in general in America is right now. We've been, we've been doing things for the sake of doing them. There's things in the church that we think are spiritual, but they're not. I was watching a church the other day, and I honestly I didn't know if it was a church or a nightclub. Because they had the lights going around and the smoke, and 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 the pre the preacher came out and the spotlight was on him and the 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 uh, the congregation was dark. I thought, what are we doing? What what are we doing? Come on, <laughs> what, are we trying to be like the world? And there's churches that feel like, well, if I'm going to like the world, I can draw the world. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You cannot have the world in the church. 
Amen? You have to be different. Amen? Listen, you have to be, our music has to sound different. Amen? Our preaching has to sound different. Everything that we do has to sound different. Man, we really, we really go back and forth on these songs that we sing because we want to make sure that we're righteous before God. That's why we always like to sing a hymn in the beginning because we want to make sure that we're crossing generations there. I love that song, I'll Fly Away. I'll Fly Away. I think people think the rapture is going to come in the morning because we keep saying I'll fly away in the morning, but no, that's not when it's necessarily going to come. But I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Praise God. What a great song of promise. Amen. But we've forgotten what it means to be a church. We've forgotten what it means we're so focused on making people comfortable that we forgot our job is to make them uncomfortable. Amen. My job this morning is to make you uncomfortable because I want you to get it right with God. Amen. And listen, it's not me that makes you uncomfortable. It's the Holy Spirit. I remember somebody telling me one time, they said, I don't want to come to church because I feel like people are judging me. You know what I told them? I said, brother, sister, people are judging you. That's the Holy Spirit telling you to make it right. That's the Holy Spirit telling you to make it right. You don't have to necessarily agree with me. That's the beauty of it, right? You don't have to agree with me. You just have to submit to God. That's all I'm saying this morning. Amen? But Ezra was trying to get things right. Remember what I said, that the people were not supposed to intermarry with the Canaanites? Listen to what he found. Ezra chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. When these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not. Now, notice he said the priests and the Levites. These are people in leadership positions. The priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, which respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. And pretty much everybody who did something bad, they didn't separate themselves from. Verse 2, for they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons so that their holy seed is mixed with the people of those lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and rulers has been foremost in this trespass. All right. I'm going to call some stuff out. Are you ready? Everybody got their steel-toed shoes on? I'm going to call it out. The people that you look to as spiritual leaders have compromised themselves with things that are not of God. Be careful. Listen to me. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you follow. Be careful who you join yourself to. That includes me. I'm being real now. Now, am I saying that I'm full of sin? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not living some double life. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. But be careful who you follow. People on Facebook can say whatever they want, and there's no accountability. Amen? And people look at it, and they go, oh, that, that message, that message. Listen, you got to be careful who you follow. Amen? There's people that prophesied about Trump going back in the White House, and they were wrong. You know why? Because they followed their own heart, not the heart of God, and they became false prophets. And these people are still prophesying on Facebook or whatever. You need to shut that down in your life and realize you need to be careful who you listen to. Careful who you listen to. Amen? I think we're going to be surprised when God comes back how many preachers are going to be left here on earth still preaching. Take that for what you want. But what happens with us is there's sin in our lives that we love so much that we join ourselves to it like a marriage. All right, see, we're getting deep here, okay? You guys with me? You still love me? Okay, a couple there. A couple love me. That's good. Rest of you, I still love you. 
I know this is, but you want, now hold on, you told me you wanted revival, right? Okay, we got to deal with this. Just like if you're going to go fishing, you got to prepare the equipment. If you're going to go hunting, you got to prepare the equipment. We got to prepare some things in order for God to do what he's going to do, okay? We don't get to glory without dealing with a little bit of flesh. There's things that we're married to. And I say married to. Because you've become one with it. You haven't separated yourself from it. And as a matter of fact, you refuse to separate yourself from it. The Bible talks about later in Nehemiah, how, and this is in Nehemiah 13, because Nehemiah and Ezra are closely together, how they dealt with things. They were at the same period. Nehemiah said that they had children, and the children didn't even know how to speak the language of Judah. In other words, when we're in so deep in that sin and we're married to it, what happens is we have offspring, and that offspring is never ever, ever of God. I'm not talking about physical children. I'm talking about the fruit that it produces in our lives. It becomes something that is not of God. You cannot join yourself with the devil and produce something holy. It doesn't work that way, brothers and sisters. So when I get up and I say, hey, separate yourself from that. Get away from that. Say no to it. I'm not doing that to be some mean preacher to point out all of your wrong life. I'm pleading with you. You're going to do something that's going to bring you a lot of pain. See, you probably will never hear a pastor ever say this, but we need a divorce in the church today. I know that's kind of shocking, right? <laughs> I'm not talking about a divorce from your spouse. Don't, don't ever think that. But some of you are married to your sin, and you need to divorce it. You need to get away from it. Is that painful? Yeah. Man, when you're so closely linked to it, when, when it's all you know, and, you, and you're like it's a part of your life, and eventually walk away from it and say, no, I don't want that anymore, it hurts. It hurts. There's a separation there because you're joined to it. But God says, I want you to be holy. And we made a bad decision, didn't we? We went into something we shouldn't have gone into. And God says, I'm going to prophesy here. The Lord's speaking to me. I want to move in this church like no other church in Juno. I want to move in a way that you've never seen before. I want to bless this church. I want to rise you up. I want to do things in your life that you've been praying for, waiting for. So why do you hang on to a lifestyle that defies me? You can't do it, guys. See, I want revival. I also want to lose 50 pounds. And I also love Taco Bell. Right? My wife went to the store the other day, and she bought these uh, strawberry candies, and they have strawberry filling. You know what I'm talking about? It's a hard candy. And that's like saying to me, you can have this. I went to my doctor. He goes, no more sugar. And I said, okay. So I went home, and I had some candy because it was on the counter, and it must be okay. You guys realize how stupid that is of me to do that? I can't lose weight and continue to eat the things that I want to eat. I have to eat the things that are good for me. Amen? In the same way, if you want something from God, you cannot continue to eat from the cesspool that is this world. You have to eat from the Word of God. Amen? Now listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you for a second because some of you, I can feel that you're going, drinking's not wrong because Jesus drank. And I'm not going to get into that discussion because... We just don't need to do that. But let me, let me challenge you for something. Read the Word of God. Let the Lord convict you. Don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Let the Lord. Because, you know, people are trying to tell me my whole life I need to do this and that. And all of a sudden I started reading the Word of God. And I was like, wow, they were right. I need to do this and that. Amen. Let the Lord convict you. Let the Lord deal with you, amen. And that's all I'm trying to get you guys to do today is to realize that God wants to work in your life and God wants to bless this church, but he's not going to do it if we have a sinful heart.
I'm not talking about, again, I'm not talking about those who are struggling with sin. They're praying. I'm not talking about that. Some sin takes a while to overcome. Sins of addiction take a while. Sometimes it doesn't. But let's talk about how do we get past it. How do we get past those things that we're married to? You know what they did? Ezra chapter 10, verses 10 and 11. Then Ezra the priest stood up and said to them, You have transgressed and have taken pagan wives, adding to the guilt of Israel. Now therefore, listen to this word, make confession. Can I say that again? Make confession. You know what confession means? That means, God, I did it. I'm going to admit that I did this. Man, I don't know why it is. Listen, brothers and sisters, this is how you know that you're doing something wrong, is you don't want anybody to see what you're doing. Come on now. I Listen, some of you forget that I that that you follow me or I follow you on Facebook, and I see what you do, okay? I, I mean, come on. I see, I see the things that we do. Come on. And the Lord is saying he sees more than I see. Amen. Confess. If you're trying to hide it, that's a pretty good example or indicator that maybe it's wrong. When my kids were small, when they were toddlers, they would grab something with their hand, probably some kind of food or something, and we would ask them what they had. And you know what they did? They would run like greased lightning away from us with their hand clenched. Some of you are trying to do that today. You're trying to run away with clenched hands saying, no, I want this. But it's bad for you. Let me read the rest of the scripture. We're going to close here in a second. Put on some music for me. He said, now, therefore, make confession of the Lord God of your fathers and do his will. You know what his will is? Come to church. Read the word of God. Pray. Man, we try to make it so hard. Read the word of God. Pray. And come to church. That's his will for us. It's simple. Simple. And the more you come to church, the more blessed you're going to be. Separate yourselves from the peoples of the land and from the pagan wives. So the next thing you do is you need to cut off those things from your life. That's the hard part. That's what hurts. When you've developed a habit, your brain is addicted to that habit. It actually releases a chemical. It releases a chemical that soothes you once you have that habit. Breaking that habit actually causes you pain. That's why people don't continue. Can I tell you that if you want to be delivered, the only way you're going to do it is through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that one more time because some of you aren't hearing me. You're not feeling me. You've done it before. You've, you've, you've sat there and say, well, Pastor, I've tried and I've tried and it hasn't worked. Can I tell you something? Try it one more time. Try it again. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. He just wants us to be faithful, amen? He wants you to come to church, amen? He wants you to show up for prayer meeting. He wants you to push back the plate a time or two and fast and say, God, I really want this in my life. I'm tired of being this way. I'm going to fast my lunch today and seek you, God. Lord, I'm going to give like I've never given before this year. I'm going to bless the house of God so that we can operate. I'm going to do the things that I need to do, God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face. But see, some of you, 
You've gotten too casual with Jesus. You've gotten too casual. You've gotten, you know, like it talks about in Revelation, we've kind of lost that first love. You know why we lose our first love? Because something else has our eye. Come on, listen to me. Something else has our eye. What has your eye this morning? What are you focused on? What are you focused on? It is time. If you want this to be your year. Listen, guys, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of having down years. Anybody else with me? I'm sick of being beat up. I'm sick of being frustrated. I'm sick of being overrun by the enemy. If you want a good year, you need to rise to your feet right now. Come on, rise to your feet. I want a good year this morning. Come on, rise to your feet this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sarah, come on down, bring your team. I want you to look at me right now. It is time that we have revival in the house of God. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen unless we do the first thing, which is to worship God and make ourselves. You guys spread across right here. Come on, spread across. Don't be on one side. Spread across. Come on. Go all the way down. Go all the way down. Come on, go down. There we go. All right. That, you guys went too far. <laughs> Come back this way. Come on. All right. We need to get things right with God, don't we? Come on now. I know this isn't a fun message, but I can't preach the fun message till we deal with some things, right? Come on. Listen. God created the altar so that we could bring in the sacrifice and say, God, I want to make it right. God created the altar so that we could come in and make ourselves holy once more. I don't know what you're dealing with this morning. But what I do know, what I do know is that there's a God that overcomes. Now this is where you're going to have to be bold, okay? And quit worrying about if people, what they're going to think about you. Quit worrying about that. Quit worrying about... Who's going to gossip about you? We don't even care about that, right? Because I just care about my relationship with God. If I get to heaven and he judges me and say, how come you get into the altar? Well, I was afraid they were going to judge me. You should be worried about God judging you, be honest with you, okay? We need to make things right with God. Now, listen to me. If you say, that's, that's me, Pastor. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're doing. I need to make things right with God in this year. And then I need God to deliver me from some things. Maybe you have fear in your heart. See, God, God just showed that to me. Maybe you have fear in your heart. Does God give us fear? What does God give us? Joy. Maybe, maybe you have bitterness in your heart. Oh, man. Bolt of light through my heart right there. Maybe you have hatred in your heart. Maybe, maybe you're doing some things that you know you ought not do. Brothers and sisters, it's time to get it right. Make your way out of your seat and make your way to the people in front of you right now. Come on, right now, come out of your seat if that's you. Don't wait, don't wait, come, 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 right now, come, come. Let them people pray for you. Come over here pray for you. Come on. If that's you, come. Don't wait. Come. People are going to pray for you. People are going to pray for you. Come on down here, Paula. Come on down here. Come on down here. Come on down here. We're going to pray for everybody. Come on. Pray for them. Is there anybody else? You need to make things right with God. Listen, this is what I want you to do. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Look at me, please. Everybody look at me. I want you to say this with me. Repeat after me. Father, I commit myself to you. Forgive me. Forgive me for all that I've done. Sanctify me. Sanctify me. Sanctify me. Make me holy. Let me come into your presence so that I might have 
revival. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now begin praying right now. Because someone's going to pray with you in just a moment if they're not praying with you. Come on, seek the Lord right now. Seek the Lord. Pray for him right now. Pray for him right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. If there's anybody else, it's not too late to come down. It's not too late to come down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, we worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You are good, good. Oh. Hallelujah. You're good, Lord. You're good, Lord. You're good, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, let your holy redemptive power come in right now, God. God, I pray that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, I pray that you would cleanse us and give us a repentant heart, God, so that we can worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Father. We praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, church, pray. Seek the Lord. Tell him you need it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, God. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are clean because of him this morning. We are clean. You have taken a shower. You've been cleansed. You've been cleansed. listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.